Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ipe. How are you today, Pastor Fanu? I'm doing great, Emily, and as always, I'm excited for another Mission Connect podcast, and we've got a special guest today, and I'm excited to talk to him as well. Yes, we're going to get in shortly about uh, serving in ministry, working in ministry, being a young person, and, and kind of growing up. Um, in that area. But first of all, let's talk to the young people who are in ministry or maybe want to or maybe feel a call but are hesitant because they feel like, uh, you know, it's not going to take me anywhere or maybe I won't make money or maybe somebody is discouraging from that. What would you say to a young person who is kind of battling with, should I be in? When we talk about ministry, again, we've talked multiple times, ministry can be in the marketplace, it can be in business, but here we're talking about vocational ministry. Um, What would you say to a young person that is debating whether to get into that? Well, Emily, I think when I look at the Bible, I see God calling young people. I think there's a definite place throughout Scripture for young people. In fact, most times when God called people, say, for instance, Joseph or David um, or, you know, Daniel, uh, you'll see again and again God choosing people um, that are are young. I mean, even Jesus chose his disciples and they were, uh, some say in their late teens, some say in their 20s. uh, And so these were young men uh, that Jesus chose chose to change the world, to transform the world Mm -hmm. and to leave his, you know, his legacy, if you will, up to them to fulfill uh, the the mission of God on the earth and to get the early church started. And so if you look at the incredible responsibility that God placed on them, I mean, you look at a David, you know, the youngest in his family, uh, actually his dad felt he was not qualified to even be brought in to a ceremony where the next king would be anointed, uh, forget actually sit on the throne. So I believe God is a definite place for young people. And I mm-hmm. believe that God wants to use young people because they don't have experience. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, at this point in my life in ministry at 32, I guess I have experience and I'm not saying that experience is a bad thing. I'm just saying sometimes it's refreshing to have a young person that has a lot of passion, mm. doesn't have a lot of experience. So they're willing to try new things. They're they're creative. They're thinking right. outside the box and they're willing to sacrifice. I mean, they're, I mean, they're willing to give up uh, pretty much everything because they don't have a lot of ties that's holding them down. The older we get in life, the more responsibilities, you know, you have a family, you have a wife, you have a kid, all these different things happen in life. But when you're young, uh, in your late teens, early 20s, you are willing to give it everything you've got. And I think there's a definite place for that. And I uh, hope and pray that through this podcast, there'll be somebody that will listen to this that'll say, you know what? I've had a definite sense. I've had multiple confirmations. And I'm just going to take that step and uh, and serve God in vocational ministry. That's good. And, you know, also to people who, um, you know, are starting out, the, our guest today, he went to Bible college right out of high school, but now he's been in ministry for 19, 20 years. And so also that passion to keep that longevity and that, um, you know, to to stay the course, right? Even, you know, ministry can get hard at times, but he started as a young person. So he has that perspective of that freshness and, and, and jumping into it at a young age, but now also um, that experience of, of years in ministry and what we can also learn from that. And, and 
and to encourage people starting out that, you know, down the road, how to stay the course. So I'm really excited to bring on our guest today. Let's welcome Andrew Jones to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. This is Pastor Andrew or Andrew. How would you like us to refer to you? Andrew's fine. Pastor is not on my birth certificate. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Andrew, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you. It's uh, good to be here with all you guys. So, Andrew, why don't you start off with just uh, telling our listeners a bit about you, how you came to know the Lord, your salvation story. Sure. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was a young uh, kid. I was eight years old, and I remember just being in my mom's room, and uh, for some reason, I just started to cry. Uh, The Holy Spirit, I think, just overwhelmed me. And so my mom and I were just talking through things, and I decided to ask God into my heart. And so she prayed with me, and uh, we talked about things, and from that day on, I started walking with the Lord. My whole family, we're all walking with God. We grew up in a Christian home. uh, We grew up as PK kids to start. Um, but and PK is a pastor's, pastor's kid. Kids. Yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs> I got to give the initials. And yeah, give yeah, the yeah, that's right. A pastor's kid. And so it was a, it was a great, great environment and not, it had its, uh, you know, disadvantages and its struggles, but yeah, that's how uh, I started to come to the Lord. That's incredible. And Andrew, so when you made that commitment and, you know, I actually made a commitment to Christ when I was seven years old. So I understand, uh, you know, the... Uh, the childlike faith, if you will, of receiving Christ into your heart and uh, and the, the having that knowing, that sense that he's with you. Uh, how was uh, how was life for you when you got into a teen years? Was there a was there a moment where you sort of started questioning or or maybe even wanting to dig deeper into your faith to really see what the foundation of your faith was like? What was that journey like for you? Yeah. So when I started off. Uh, growing up in a Christian home and just being in that environment, you're, you're, you know, you're walking a path, but you're not really seeing everything else. And so when I was in junior high, I would always invite my friends out to church. You know, junior highs, I always say are the greatest evangelists because mm-hmm. you tell them to bring friends, they'll bring the whole class to church. <laughs> right. And so that was me. I would invite my friends, but I realized how different I was once I hit grade nine. And once I hit high school, um, um, some of my friends were doing the drugs thing, the party thing. Some of my friends in grade nine got pregnant. And so it was just more, I had to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow the crowd or am I going to follow Christ? Knowing full well that some of that might bring some ridicule or bring some, you know, people coming against me. But I decided, you know, I was going to follow Christ. And did it bring ridicule? Did it bring some opposition or people sort of rejecting you from their sort of circle of uh, friends? It, it, yes. And in, in times it did. There was, you know, it, I went to a very interesting school. I went to a theater art school and in a theater okay. art school, you have a lot of different viewpoints, a I lot see. of different, just uh, different lifestyles. And so some of the things we're facing now in society we were facing that back, back then. then. It, this stuff is not really any new to me, but we had a, a community that accepted each other and, and and people knew I was a Christian and they knew that I loved God. And so they accepted me, even though they disagreed with me, we would have conversations and debates, but we were still at a point where we were like, okay, you know, I respect you. I don't agree with you, but I will love you and honor you the same. And if, if there was a young person listening to you today, so you're saying, you know, uh, a lot of the, what's going on in our society is not new to you because you faced it. Well, it's gone mainstream now. Yeah. And so if, if there's a young person listening to this podcast right now, what would you counsel them on how to um, stand up to that tide of culture that's against them today? Uh, you know, as you said, still 
operating in love and and compassion and friendship and and being loyal to friends and all of that and yet being a witness for Christ and being um, honest and authentic about their belief because sometimes you know even though people young people really believe in their hearts they will act apart yeah. just so they can fit in yeah. even though they don't necessarily enjoy that lifestyle or uh, necessarily believe in that they'll go along with it for a while because they just want to fit in so what would you say to that young person i would say to that young person that they need to stand for something because if they don't stand for something they'll fall for anything wow and so they need to p- pick what they're going to stand for mm. and as they stand for it i've known from experience when i stand for christ it didn't matter whether um you know i got rejected or laughed at Uh, people will always defend you. Even non-Christians will defend you because they see that you're standing up for something, that you're standing on a solid ground. Mm -hmm. I had a story of, um, if I could share it, it's okay. You know, my last year of high school, I I, I was really wondering, it was actually the last day I was questioning, God, God, did I really make a difference in this school? And I had a friend from grade nine. She always, she knew I was a Christian. And so what she would do to me is she would always swear in front of me and try and egg me on to try and Mm -hmm. get me going. And she knew I didn't like it too much. Um, but anyways, we were sitting in our foyer and this guy came up and he was kind of a, a, a drug head, you know, kind of druggy. And so he kind of tried to debate with me about how, you know, why can't we smoke weed? Because it's God's plant. God made everything. So why can't we smoke it? And so he's trying to get into a debate with me and I wasn't getting into that. And my friend, all of a sudden, who wasn't a Christian, she basically said to him, she said, shut up, stop speaking. She goes, you are a hypocrite. You're talking about God, but th- this guy has lived the life of Christ wow. his whole way through. He hasn't wavered. He hasn't done anything. He's lived straight. And so I would say to a young person, stand up for something, because even when you stand up for something, those around you that see it will come to your defense when mm-hmm. you don't have anybody coming to your defense. And it will be the non-Christians. You know, God says he'll take the, the, the stuff from the wicked and give it to the, yes. to the, to the righteous. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he'll do. He'll take those people and use them in your defense to fight for you. And so you just need to stand up for what is right. We use the word tolerance and we've made tolerance a bad word mm. when acceptance is actually really the bad word. Mm. Because tolerance means to accept somebody and not embrace their idea. Mm. Where acceptance is to embrace the whole thing, even their ideas. And we want everyone to accept us now, to embrace everybody's ideas when we should be accepting people and having different views, points, and saying, it's okay. I, it's okay that you don't believe what I believe, but I still love you. I don't agree what you what you believe but I still accept you because God wants me to love you for who you are. That's, that's just, that is powerful. What you just shared there is incredible. So you, you go from this journey, obviously, of uh, uh, growing up in a Christian home, making a commitment to Christ, going through your, uh, your schooling years, your high school, etc., and you're standing up for God. And then something incredible in my eyes happens in your life where you make a decision to go into ministry, to want to go into vocational ministry. Now, this is not common in our culture today. So give us give us the insight. How did that happen? I mean, what kind of, uh, what was your decision-making process in, in deciding to do that? And what were the challenges you faced uh, in doing that? Because again, I don't think that's something that's very common that happens uh, in our culture today. Yeah, for sure. For me, it was more, uh, it wasn't one of this big bang, oh, God showed up and said, you're going into ministry. For me, it was, I 
started just getting a hunger for God, mm. you know, going to church, going to youth group and just the pastors that I had really built a hunger for me to, to get into the word, to read the word, to, to pray, to fast and to do all these things. And as I did those things, more and more, my heart started to burn to, for to, to share the gospel with other people. And it started to just get excited about, um, you know, doing what God has asked me to do. And so I could see myself doing nothing else but sharing the gospel with other people. And so I decided, I said, God, if you want me to go, I will go. And he said, I want you to go. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. So at age 16, I knew already that I wanted to go into Bible college. I wanted to go into ministry because that burning and that passion and just the more deeper I went with Christ, the more I knew clearly what he was asking me to do. And yes, that brought opposition, but not from my family. My family actually, with my dad being a pastor, you know, some people tried to shy away from that. And my dad never pressured me. He, he never even said anything. It wasn't until I went to him and said, dad, I want to go into ministry and Bible college. He said, we already knew that. He said, you know, there was a prophetic word given over you and we just kept it to ourselves so that you can make that decision on your own. We didn't want to put any pressure on you. And so they, you know, our parents were very supportive that way that they just let us do what we all wanted to do. And so I have three sisters and all of us have, have been pastors. All of us in in our family. And so, yeah, we just say that's the grace of God because you don't hear that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a few families that are like that, but not very, not a lot. And yeah. so we're, we're, we were blessed by the grace of God, nothing else, not, not by anything we did, nothing our parents did, just by the grace of God. Wow. And so tell us, sort of walk us through the journey. So you went into Bible school and what was that experience like for you? And then how did you actually get into ministry? What was ministry like when you first started doing ministry? Yeah. So for me, ministry came very fast. Um, it was, uh, I did a year of Bible college in school and then I had the opportunity to be part of at the Bible college you have travel teams where you go out and you minister mm-hmm. and so I had a, a, a um I had an opportunity to be part of the travel team in year one and then again in year two. But then at our home church, where my home church was, they decide to open up um, a distance education as part of the school, but distance education where you can do your schooling and work at the church at the same time. And so what they did is they asked myself and another guy to, to run the junior high ministry. Uh, and this would be our second year of Bible college. And so, you know, we thought, okay, we're going to have another pastor and we'll just be his assistants. But when we got there, lo and behold, they're like, you run it. You're in charge of the budget. You're in charge of everything. You were in charge of the series, whatever sermon series, uh, everything. And how old were you at this point? At this point, I was, uh, 18, 18. And so they just threw us, you know, into the fire and it, it was, it was great. And it was hard at the well, same break it down time. For us. What was it like? How, how did you process that? What were some of your challenges? What were some of the, the successes that you, that you, you know, uh, that you experienced uh, in that position? Yeah, some of the challenges were just because you had to still do schooling at the same time. So you're trying to do a job part-time, which we all know whoever's in ministry, it's not a part-time job, right. while you're trying to do a full mm-hmm. course load. And so I'm doing a full course load. It was probably some of the toughest years of my life because I did three years straight of school. So I didn't stop during the summer. I did a full course load in the summer. You know, we did, I did, you know, one summer I did Greek one, two, and three in a a 12 week intensive. And so I would never recommend that for students. (laughs) Never recommend it. Because after I did it, I was like, Andrew, you're stupid. That was idiotic. Um, and, and while you were doing that, you were still doing ministry, ministry yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So it was very, that was a hard point. Um, for me, 
it was what the, some of the pitfalls were sometimes I found myself doing school uh, the projects just to get them done mm. and not really to learn mm. because you're you're doing it at the same time but some of the other pluses were I was ahead of the curve in terms of me and the other guy, you know, we were just thrown into fire. So we, when our friends graduated Bible college, they're learning these things for the first time Mm. where for us, we were learning it as we're going along. So when a kid's talking about committing suicide, we're not debating theology with them. We're not, we're trying to use scripture to say, Hey, you're important. You're full of life. And so you're learning at the same time how to do things. That's incredible. And so when you were done Bible college, what was that? Did you step into youth ministry right away? Was yeah, your... so we were considered pastors there. Okay. So when I finished school, I just continued that. Okay. Um, and then it just became more full time as, as it went on. Yeah. And so today you're an associate pastor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, responsible for worship as well. Yeah. So, so actually talk to us about the worship aspect of things as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Worship has always been one of my greatest passions. And I, I, as I look back, I see how God prepared me for that. Um, I, like I said, I, I wasn't really a kid that sang a lot or did a lot you know, music-wise. Um, my parents wanted me to take piano lessons. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. You know, I, I have sports and doing all that stuff. But about grade six, uh, I decided to join our school play, which was The Wizard of Oz. Um, and I played the Cowardly Lion. And so after that, I was like, okay, wow, this is really cool. I want to start doing this more. So I, like I said, I enrolled, we enrolled into a music theater school, high school, and I was doing music theater the whole four years, uh, five years, because we had OEC back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did the whole five years of music theater. Uh, and I, that prepared me actually for ministry because then I wasn't afraid to be on stage, wasn't afraid to speak, mm. wasn't afraid to use my voice. And as you know, in high school, my pastor, my youth pastor gave me the opportunity to lead worship and just, you know, he'd let me fail. He'd let me succeed, but he gave me the opportunity. And as I was doing that, I, I gained more of a passion of just leading worship. And I remember I was at Lakeshore Camp, you know, Emily and her husband, who's played with me many times. Uh, I was at Lakeshore Camp as a youth. And one time uh, I felt the Lord say, you're going to do this one day. And so, you know, years later, I'm on the same stage that the Lord told me about. And so, you know, I've done conferences, done conventions, and God has been able to use me because I've said, God, I want to use this for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to use it for the world. I want to use it for you. So what would you say to someone who is in that place that you were before where you maybe felt called, um, you know, you're s- kind of stepping into this. What would you say to someone that's kind of in that place right now where they're, they're feeling like Bible college, maybe they've made that decision, maybe they're still making it, and they're stepping out and they're going, I, I don't fully see the, all of it, but I feel this call and I'm going to step out. What would you say to them? I would say to them, you know, draw closer to God, because as you draw closer to God, he will draw closer to you. Mm-hmm. And as you uh, draw closer to his face, you'll hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And so we need uh, young people that need to learn to hear the voice of God, mm-hmm. because they need to know. I, uh, those who know that they're called need to go. Those who are wondering, they need to seek the advice of those that they trust mm-hmm. and let them speak life. Uh, I think one of the um, disservices we do as adults is sometimes we don't speak that life into the kids that need to go. Mm. And so we, because maybe some mm. circumstances and w- those kids that we see, we need to speak that. We need to say to them, 
listen, mm-hmm. I feel that there's a ministry, you know, there's a call to ministry on you and you need to, to test that out. You need to step into that water and don't worry about how it's going to be provided for. If God has called you to it, then he will provide the, the necessary steps for it. You know, Andrew, I'm really passionate about this area because when I um, work with churches across the GTA specifically, I find a great need. And I think this is a Canadian thing as well, uh, because I've, I've, I, when I travel into the U.S., I find a lot more young people in ministry in the U.S. Now, granted, our, our southern neighbors are 10 times the population of what we have. So that, there's that aspect of it. And then the Bible Belt as well in the south. But uh, I find that there's almost like a famine in the land, in our nation, uh, of young people stepping into ministry. And I don't believe it's because God isn't calling people into ministry. I think there are some practical reasons, maybe, like you said, there are some spiritual reasons for sure uh, of, of you know, our young people listening to the voice of God and hearing God's voice for the destiny that he has over their life. But also some practical things like churches. Are we actually uh, putting out a call in our churches for young people that are willing to give uh, make that sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. and I sometimes talk about this. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about this. I really want to give you the opportunity to speak to this. But uh, when I was growing up, uh, and I grew up in the Middle East, and uh, I remember when I was, I don't know, 11, maybe twelve, thirteen. I responded to a call for ministry. And um, in those days, I remember people talking about the high call to ministry, right? How this was something that was a, uh, that was an honor. It was something that was, uh, uh, I guess that's the word they used. They would use the, the term higher call. And then moving into Canada, uh, you know, I started hearing about the seven mountains and the different spheres yeah. of society and that you could be in business or you could be a doctor, you could be, uh, you know, in media and be as called someone in ministry and I was like that's amazing and I completely bought into that and I still do I believe in that fully but I think now that I look at our landscape I think we've sort of missed uh, this in one level in the sense that there is a higher call to ministry not because it's better than someone in business or better than someone in media but because there's a greater level of sacrifice involved so the higher in the sense of there's a greater call there's a greater sense of I'm willing to give up the things of the world materially, not that God won't bless us, but my focus in life is not going to be that. Uh, you know, whereas in business, you want to prosper. You want to make money. That's part of why you're, mm-hmm. why you're doing that. Whereas in ministry, your ultimate focus is I want to serve God and I want to serve people. And so in that sense, it is a higher call. First of all, do you agree with that? And secondly, what are some of the practical things that you see uh, that hinder young people from taking that step uh, to go into vocational ministry and saying, you know what, God, the rest of my life, this is what I want to do. I want to serve you and I want to serve people. Yeah, like I, I do agree that uh, it's it's a, a different calling. It's a it's a higher calling. Like, you know, God is calling us to to basically forget self and live for him. And so for kids, practically, they're thinking, especially in this day, day and age where it's all about me, everything is all about me. You look at social media, everything's about getting a like for me or a love for me. And so when in this day of selfishness, it's hard to think, oh, I need to be selfless. And so people are having trouble with that mentality of, I need to give up and follow Christ. 
I think also some of the things that we have done maybe in ministry is we've done a disservice by making ministry look not cool. Mm. And I don't mean that it has to look like glamour and it has to look lights, but are we showing by example the power of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Are we showing kids that, hey, when we go out, you can make a difference by walking out this faith, are, are, uh, that it is drawing others to Christ. It is bringing others to Christ. Are we showing young people that, hey, this, the power of the Holy Spirit is real and can be evident in your life, and you can do wonders in your, in, with the, the power of God. Uh, I think uh, the, another thing as well is, you know, we have parents nowadays, you know, they bring their, their kids to church and they're hearing the message, but the parents necessarily aren't believing in the message. And so, you know, they might have, have a call on God that they missed on their lives. And because, but because of their finances and they're looking at their pocketbook and they're, they're saying, well, you know, ministry is not going to make a lot of money. I want you to do something that's going to make you a lot of money. I want you to do something in the world's eyes is successful instead of in God's eyes. And so we've, we've, we've forgotten that we should be pushing our kids to trust God and walk with God and not to live for themselves. And so we have a a few uh, people in our church who, you know, they'll, They'll tell their kids, you can't be in ministry. Uh, you need to go to school first doing something else. And after that period of time, that wanes or it gets forgotten or it gets put on the back burner. And so then these kids aren't fulfilling the call of God that, that's on their lives because they're parents. And that's why I, I also say we, we need to have people that are not afraid to speak that over our kids. Because our kids, some of our kids just need that little push or encouragement or light on to say, yeah, I want to take that step out because when I was a teenager, um, you know, we, all my friends that are in ministry that I'm connected with, we all started out of high school. We all went from high school to Bible college and now are in ministry. Uh, there's very few that are, oh, we went to another school first and then went into ministry. Wow. Yeah. You know, talking about uh, parents uh, holding kids back sometimes. I remember when I was going into ministry, my parents obviously, you know, funded my um, my trip to Canada and my tuition uh, at Bible college. But I remember my dad, you know, were Indian and you know, the Indian, I always joke when I first came to Canada, I found out about retirement homes and nursing homes. <laughs> Bro, it doesn't exist back home, you know. Yeah. Uh, for Indian parents, their retirement home is their kids. <laughs> so you want to make sure those kids get a good education and they have good jobs. So when they're, when they're old, Older, the parents are older, their kids will be able to provide for them. So uh, that's the that's the mentality. And so I remember my dad telling me right before I left uh, the Middle East to come to Canada, saying in passing, uh, talking about finances, talking about the future, saying, well, this is dead money anyway. And what he meant by dead money is money that's not going to produce a return. Uh, and that was his attitude. Now, mind you, he did release me. And today my parents are fully supportive and they celebrate what God is doing uh, in my life and through our ministry. But there was that season where he had a hard time accepting that and so uh, I think that's a reality and I think I had to come to a place in my life and when I was 17 I I said to my parents I love you but I can't live my life for you Mm -hmm. you know I've got to live my life for God I've got to live my life for the one who died for me and saved me you didn't save me as much as I love you and so my life belongs to him and I need to do what he's calling me to do and I did it in honor, I did it in respect, but I had to make that decision for myself. So Andrew, we need to wrap up. Unfortunately, it's just been an amazing podcast just listening to you. I want you to take the next two to three minutes 
And I, I want you to talk to that young person. I mean, you've been doing this for 19 years now. Multiple roles, multiple churches. Now you're an associate pastor of a growing church and involved in worship as well. But I want you to speak to that 17-year-old. And, and I also want to say this um, to you, uh, Andrew, but also to those who are uh, listening that uh, you know, sometimes we look at young people and we say, ah, you know, they're not really ready. They're not, they don't really know what they're doing. I'm telling you, at 16 and 17, I was ready in the sense that not that I knew everything, but I understood what I was doing. I, I recognized the sacrifice and the commitment I was making, and I was ready to do it. I was ready to commit. And I look at, you know, I look at the army sometimes. If if 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds can go to Iraq and Afghanistan and 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 represent, you know, the US or Canada and fight wars, can 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds and 19-year-olds not represent the King of Kings and get on the front lines of ministry? and say, you know what, we're going to be the face of our generation and we're going to lead our generation into what God is doing uh, in the next decade or in the next two decades. And so I truly believe that. I believe every generation needs to have people that will represent them and will be their voice in both, uh, you know, I guess in content, but also in style, yeah. also in creativity, also in the, the sound for that generation. Mm -hmm. So would you speak to those young people? I'm believing that there will be many that are listening right now that are saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, could you speak to them and encourage them as the Holy Spirit leads you on what you would say to them uh, so they can take that step? Yeah, I would say to them, take the time to read your scriptures, take the time to pray, and take the time to understand um, your surroundings. What brings you passion? What brings you the most joy? If it's in those times where you're ministering up on the stage, maybe you're a student that leads in worship, or maybe you're a student that serves in the church. If that brings you the most passion, maybe your calling is ministry. And if you're calling his ministry, then take that step out. The Lord will always provide for you. Um, if you if if you're doing what he does, then the doors will always be open to you. That doesn't mean that everything will be good, everything will be great, but he does promise to give us life and life abundantly. That doesn't mean that everything will happen uh, exactly how you planned it or desire it, but it will give you the most fulfillment. And so don't be that person that is struggling trying to do another job when God has called you and you know God has called you to do ministry. Because ministry, even when it's hard, you will find fulfillment because you know that you know that God has called you to that place. And so when you know that you know, you can watch in, walk in that insurance, you can walk in that faith, you can be that example to the next generation. And so let your heart be open to the call of ministry. Don't worry about finances. Don't worry about those things. John the Baptist never worried about the finances and he was in the wilderness and God took care of him. You know, like let God take care of you. You know, he says in scripture, I take care of the, the, the lilies of the fields, the birds in the air. How much more will I do for you? And so remember that he is the God that promises to never leave you nor forsake you. And he will walk with you through the storm. He will walk with you over the storm, around the storm, and he will be your provider. That's awesome. And, you know, something um, as well that I just, before we completely wrap up, that I just want you to quickly touch on is that, you know, this empowerment and the encouragement for that young person that is is stepping out in this, you know, and I pray that if anyone that's listening is in that place really takes a hold of what you say. But just for a moment of really how us as people who maybe um, 
are older or are served in ministry for years, what, you, you know, you talked about that we need to speak life into these people. What can we do or what are you doing that we could, we can really learn from what you've done in terms of empowering that next generation to step up to that? So, yeah. So if we see somebody that is, um, you see ministry all over them, give them the opportunity. What, in some of our churches, what we do is we don't give the kids the opportunity to fail. And so what, how we learn is by failing so that we can do it better the next time. And so if we see a kid, let's pinpoint them. Let's start to uh, mentor them and build them up. Let's, let's create them, pull them alongside with us, mm-hmm. take them on ministry journeys with us, um, have them speak and give, even if they're afraid or they might screw up. Let's let that be okay. I know my youth pastor, he let me screw up leading worship or doing stuff. He would say, I want you to speak. And it'd be like, you know, I'm shy, scared, I have no idea, but we let them speak. And I've let some of my youth speak and it wasn't always the best, but now some of these youth are actually doing ministry and they've actually, one of our youth right now, he's, he's uh, just came back from school in BC and he's going back because now he has a pastoral job in BC. And so now he's going to be uh, the youth pastor slash discipleship pastor in his church. And so it's just, we got to give them the opportunity Mm -hmm to do what we've, we think is on them. Not just saying, I think you are in ministry, but as leaders say, if I feel calling, I want to groom that. I want to build that up even before you get to Bibles to college. And I want to give you those opportunities so that you can feel and experience what that is. That is powerful. You know, thank you, Andrew, so much for being on this podcast. I think it's an encouragement for those that are stepping into ministry and those of us that, you know, can give that opportunity and make way for that next generation rather than be a hindrance to them, that we are uh, giving them that opportunity. And, you know, for the listeners that are in that place that Andrew was at of just stepping out in faith and then you see the blessing of in your life, you know, you and your wife serving in ministry and and just you know the recently some changes that have happened in your life and seeing the fruit of those years of ministry that you've poured into other people and the impact that that's made so thank you so much for being on the podcast today well thank you very much it was fun thank I you so it. much this has been uh, this has been excellent so those of you listening i hope you were encouraged today by um, this amazing uh, man of god and his story and his journey of faith and um, listen if you have questions as always uh, we love to hear from all of you that are listening so please Please send them in at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. Again, the email address is missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, please subscribe and also uh, please share uh, on your social media channels so others can listen and be blessed as well. Uh, Check us out online at passiontoreach.com. And thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Mission Connect. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.